This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Well, I know it's the end of January, but it's still the beginning of the year. And so we've had Phil's verse for the year. And also Gail's, Gail's gone out, but she's had a verse for the year. And Phil's verse for the year is um, light. It's all about light. And Gail's was, um, lead me in paths of righteousness, which is a fab one, isn't it? But mine has been this. It's 1 Peter 1 to 6. And I read this at the beginning of the year. And you know, you've read things myriad times in scripture. But suddenly, it bounces into your spirit. And it just won't shift, will it? So this is 1 Peter 1 to 6. And this is what I really want to speak on today. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiled, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Who have been, and it's from verse 2 on, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours. And I was blown away by that. Can I read it again? Chosen by the foreknowledge of the Father sanctified, and in other words it said, made holy, which is the Holy Spirit's work, which is in other versions. And it says, and to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And I thought that three little verses really sum up what is expected of the Christian life for me. Right? You're chosen by God to be holy and to be obedient. So can I start? I thought it's got three S's there. So first of all, I'll ask you to say three S's. Say yes to the call to be chosen. Say yes to be holy. And say yes to be obedient. The only thing you say no to is the devil. That's my grandson, by the way, for those of you who don't know. So I can take some heckling. So... What a start. Here we go. Joe. Rice. So the call of God for us, by the foreknowledge of Christ, you can go through a whole myriad of doctrines about this, right? And I don't want to get into any of them today, right? I'm not going into the doctrine of election, and I'm not going into the doctrine of arminianism. I'm not getting into it. But I want to say this. This is what I believe. This is my own personal belief. I believe there is a broad call of God that goes out. God calls. He wants all men to come to himself. So God is calling. When Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, heard the call of God, God wasn't talking directly to Isaiah. He wasn't talking to him. But Isaiah heard him. And Isaiah's response was, here I am. Send me. So when you hear the call, regardless of the doctrines, say yes. Right? So don't get caught up in it. If you think God is moving in you and asking you and showing you who he is and wanting you to come to him, then say yes. Please say yes. Don't go thinking about it. Because so many of us think, and you said it takes how long? Five years to hear the gospel. You know? So the God, God is calling, isn't he? God is calling them. Because you can't come unless the Holy Spirit draws you. 
This is what scripture says. You cannot come, no one can come to the Father unless the Holy Spirit will draw you. So God is drawing men unto himself and men put him off for five years and sometimes after you hear the gospel 30 times, you know. So it's, it's not an easy thing. So say yes. So if there's anybody here today with a doubt and God is calling you and you can hear something and you're being stirred, Say yes, come in to the gospel. And then you're here. Now you're not saved just to sit there. Can I tell you? You're not saved. Yeah, I believe and I'm going to go to heaven. That is not the end of it. So I've got some verses here, fab verses. Here we go. All taken off the internet, by the way. <laughs> Marvelous. Why have you been called? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You could put this up, Lee, if you will, because this is amazing. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, yes. even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless in his sight. Yeah. Right? But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why? That you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Right? You're here to proclaim him. We go on. No one can come to you. This is one of the questions. No one can come to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up the last day. Paul says, but when he had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me in order that I might preach the gospel among the Gentiles. Right? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in my name me give you. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Right? So, where are we? There's more. For those whom he foreknew, we know this, don't we? This is Romans 8. Those he foreknew, he also predestined. Why? To be conformed to the image of his son. So the basics of his all is that we become like Jesus. You're called, you're chosen, you're born again, you're brought into the kingdom so that God can change you, so that you can resemble Jesus. That's what it's all about. So that when I get to heaven, I look a little bit more like him than I do now. That's the whole thing of the Christian faith. And when we do that, we are fulfilling what our calling. No people want to find your calling. Your calling, be more like Jesus. Everything else will fall into place if you become more like Jesus. So the calling is there. We are called into this amazing place that God wants us to be. We are born again. We are Christians. And we now have something which is, for me, the most amazing thing you'll ever know. You have now got God himself living within you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. If you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit now dwells within you. 
And that Holy Spirit is a deposit, it says, against your future. But this Holy Spirit is there. And you know, when we get the Holy Spirit, we don't quite understand what it's for, do we? We talk about the Spirit. We can discuss the Holy Spirit. But this verse for me says, the Holy Spirit is there and his work is to make us holy. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit's job, he leads you into holiness. Gail's verse, lead me in paths of righteousness. That's what the Holy Spirit is meant to do. Hebrews 10, 14, you can put it up, says this. For by one sacrifice, that's Jesus on the cross, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You are holy, perfect in God's eyes. But you are on the journey of holiness. Now, holiness is an old-fashioned word. And lots of people think it means being pious, you know? Being holier than thou is the word, isn't it? You know, sort of being this, um, as I do good Christian who's negative. It doesn't. Holiness is this amazing thing that God is. God is holy. Rick Warren puts it this way. God doesn't want you to become a God. He wants you to become godly. To taking on his values, attributes, and character. That's holiness. When we become like Christ and have his values, we have his attributes, and we have his character. And it's done through the Holy Spirit. Do you know, when people say you're not alone in all this walk, you're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And Philippians is fantastic if you want to know about the Holy Spirit. Because the first when Philippians one says, for he who began the good work in you will continue it to completion in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So God who started the work, God's going to finish it. Right? In Philippians 2, he tells us, For it is God who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Right? Isn't that, this now always blows my mind. So God wants you to do his will. But he's actually given you the desire to do his will. And he's given you the enablement to do his will. So if you look at this, everything is about God. It's not about us striving to be good. It's not about us trying to be better. It's about us being led by the Spirit. Are you with me? You're all looking at me as if I'm talking double Dutch. Now, I don't think I am. But so, so God is in you, leading you, and we follow. But we have to give up sin. This is it, isn't it? So holy people don't sin. So what is sin? Now you can give a myriad, and we all think of sin. Ooh, I can think of some awful things that are sinful. You know, so we have our ideas of sin. But James 4, 17 tells us this. To him who knows good and does it not, it is sin. Right? If you know the right thing to do, and you don't do it, that is sin. So do what you know is right, and don't do what you know is wrong. That basically is sin. Don't do what you know you shouldn't do. Right? And that's what the Holy Spirit is there to lead you into. And so he guides you. 
and he checks you. Don't you? Don't you know? Because you've got a heightened conscious. Once the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, he's, you know, you've always had a conscious, but somehow, whoa, I can't get away with that anymore. Something stirs in you, doesn't it? You know immediately. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have thought that. You know. That's the check. Don't do it. But he also speaks, meanwhile, through his word. Read his word. You know, if you're only relying for God to speak directly to you, read his word. Here's where all the checks are. Here's, here's where it tells you what to do, what not to do. It's all in here. Other people, we hate being told by other people. Don't we hate being told by other people? Oh, don't we just hate being corrected by other people? But other people are used as well. Preaching, teaching, all these things. Worship, all these things. So be led by the Spirit. Don't be led by what you want to do. With being changed by grace to resemble Christ. This is what it's all about. And that's the amazing thing. Now we're going to obedience. I'm racing through these, but I, there is a plan afoot. Let me tell you, there is a plan afoot. There is a plan afoot. And though I'm going through these pretty quickly, there's a plan afoot. <laughs> so, obedience. Now, obedience, I think, is the outcome of love. If Jesus does say, if you love me, you'll obey me. For me, if you love Jesus, you'll do what he says. You will do what he says. Because pleasing him becomes more important than pleasing yourself. Basically, that's obedience. Do I please God? Do I please myself? And I've read this. It says, just as a servant knows that he must first obey his master in all things... So the surrender to an implicit and unquestionable obedience must become the essential characteristic of our love. Have you got that? So if we're not obeying him, if we're doing our own thing, if we're doing what we like, you have to question, do you really love him? So, and so if you love me, you'll obey me. And Hebrews 5.9 actually says this. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. All who obey him. So, I've run through those. Theory is wonderful, isn't it? Theory is absolutely wonderful. And you all look blank at me, so obviously I don't think any of that went in. (laughs) But let's hang it on a person. Let's put theory onto a person. Let's see what it looks like when you put it on a person, when all this gets put onto a person. And for that, I'm going to go to the book of Esther. And I'm very sorry I'm talking about a woman when we should be talking about men perhaps today, but I do feel that, you know, we women have to listen to a lot of what the Bible says about men in here and take it on board. So, hey, I'm not going to apologise for it. Just live with it. Just live with it, you know. So, but if you look at Esther... It's a phenomenal story, Esther, and God isn't mentioned at all in it. That's amazing. God isn't mentioned at all in the book of Esther. But he's implicit in it right through the way, all the way. And Esther was a, a Jew. And she was taken into... Um, let me just get my pages up. There we go. Esther 
Esther was, 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 was a Jew when the Jews were in part of what was called the Babylonian captivity. They had been taken in captivity. And her parents had died, and she'd been raised by an uncle called Mordecai. And he had adopted her. But Esther was beautiful. And what they did in those days, the kings the, 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 uh, the, uh, in the country they lived, they would go out and they would take the most beautiful of the women into their harems. So girls, we'd be in at risk if we were there. So these beautiful women taken into the harems. But they did the same with the men. They took the most handsome and the most and the cleverest of the men to use them. Hence, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were all taken in. And then they were trained. They were brought up as that culture. They had to dress like them. They changed their language. They changed their names. They had to dress like them. And they had to worship other gods, the gods of the country. So Esther's there. So Esther is this beautiful girl. And it says in this, in this scripture that she had, the girl had a good figure and a beautiful face. Isn't that amazing? So that's, yes. you could say, she was a babe. Esther was a babe. <laughs> so she's taken to the king's palace and she is given a eunuch called Haggai to look after her. I'm getting there, don't worry. And this is what happened. Um... He took a special interest in her right off and started her beauty treatments. Ordered special food, assigned a seven personal maids from the palace and put her and her maids in the best rooms in the harem. It sounds like a dream to me. Right? But the thing is, when you read on, do you know how long the special beauty treatments took? Anybody got any ideas? Because I was quite shocked by this. Twelve months. Twelve months of beauty treatments. Before she could get into the king. Before she could even be called to meet the king. This beautiful girl had to go through twelve months of beauty treatments. With oil, of myrrh, and all sorts of stuff. Isn't that amazing? She must have lost a bit of weight because she has special food. Slimming world. No, I don't think. Um, so, uh, so you have this going on. I think this is amazing. Twelve months of beauty. There it says, look, with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. Wow, it's a dream for any woman. You know? And what I want to say is this. Instead of thinking of holiness as being this Oh, what a drudge. I've got to remember not to sin. I've got to, you know. Think of it as a beautifying treatment. Think of Haggai now as the Holy Spirit. And what he's given, what God has given him to do is to lead Esther to make her even more beautiful. You are perfect before God, according to Hebrews. Absolutely perfect. But when you have to meet him, you're going to have to be holy. So we're going to have to go through some beautifying treatments. But it doesn't matter what we look like or how good we are. We are not good enough. We need to be better than we are. And by that, I don't mean we are a terrible person. I mean we need to know what God wants. We need to follow what God wants. We need to obey what he wants. And this is the thing with Haggai. 
He, for me, he's almost like the Holy Spirit, yeah. And Esther listens to him. She only listens to him. It goes on further to say that when she goes, when she's called to the king, she's allowed to take now whatever she wants, but she chooses only to take or take I recommends that she takes. So she now has come to the point where she says, I don't want anything but what you want for me. That's the point that we hope we'll get to in life, isn't it? Where we can lay aside everything and just want what God wants for us. So that when we meet the king, we will be beautiful. You will be beautiful, Nuri. I'm sorry, boys, but you're part of the bride. And I can't make that any more masculine. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you're going to have to talk about the bride of Christ and it includes men. You are the bride of Christ. And you know what? We've had some beautiful brides in this church. And I've got to say, one of the most beautiful brides I've ever seen is Liana. You know? And you know, Liana, nothing that you went through to be that beautiful considered a drudge to you, was it? You went to Mark to look at you with eyes that said, oh, look at Liana. Oh, look at Liana. Isn't she gorgeous? So you don't care the nails being done and the hair being done and the makeup being done and all the planning for the dress. That's all fab. Why can't we get excited about our walk of holiness instead of thinking of it as this thing we have to get through every day of our lives, isn't it? Let's not think of it like that. Just think of the look on the bridegroom's face. And most bridegrooms do it. When they see the bride walk in, all bridegrooms go, oh, James did it with Aileen, I'm sure. When you saw Aileen walking down in that gorgeous dress, huh, you couldn't believe what she looked like. No. <laughs> Aileen's beautiful. Leanna's beautiful. But these two men, when they saw their brides, oh, wow, couldn't believe it. Don't you want Jesus to think of that view? When we walk into his presence oh, and he wow. goes, wow, wow, look at my bride. Let's get excited about holiness. Let's consider it, you know, something that we want, not something we have to do. Don't we? We get so negative about the Christian faith, you know? And if you're going through every day with Jesus and every day with the Holy Spirit, how can we be negative? How can we possibly be negative about Jesus guiding us? Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, you know? So how can we be negative? So you're beautiful. You're perfect but not quite perfect enough yet you're going to be taken on this road with years of beautifying treatment to make us into the bride of Christ who will be without spot or blemish or wrinkle wow even Ian will be part of the beautiful bride you know the man's man will be part of the beautiful brides sorry Ian I, it's the bible I can't put it any differently to you. You're going to be a bride, boys. And you're going to wear a beautiful dress because it says you'll all be in white. Isn't it marvellous? So, so that's where we are. So, you know, don't be negative about your Christian walk. Don't be negative about it. Be excited about it. That the Holy Spirit will lead me and show me and beautify me. I'm sure she wasn't upset about having six months of oil. Wonderful. Should all use a body oil and a facial oil, by the way, I just say that, throw that in. I'm a bit of a skin freak. So that would be my, be my ideal. But so can you see? But also, she was obedient. 
Because the answer says that Maud, she didn't tell them she was a Jew because Mordecai had told her not to because that was for the future plan. So she obeyed Mordecai. And later on, now there's a, a nasty man called Haman who decides he's going to get, he's going to kill all the Jews. He's got a plan to kill the Jews. And Mordecai approaches Esther, sends a message to Esther and asks her to go and um, petition the king. And she says, well, you don't understand. If I go to the king and I'm not asked in, if he doesn't put his golden scepter out to me, I'll be killed. Can you imagine that? To enter the king's room without being asked, you would be killed if you didn't went to the killer. And Mordecai sends her back a message. And here's the message. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist at staying silent at a time like this, help and deliverance will arrive for the Jews from someplace else. But you and your family will be wiped out. Who knows? Maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. So Esther does what Mordecai asks. It takes courage to be obedient, doesn't it? It takes courage to be obedient. It takes courage to die to self. It takes courage to put it all down there and say, all right, only what you want. I'm worried. I'm frightened. I don't want to do this. I might lose all my friends. I might lose all my family. I might lose my job by you asking me to do this. But you know what? I'm going to do it because I trust you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Result? She saved our whole nation. The king said, Come in, Queen Esther, he tells her. What do you want? Ask me, and I will give you. Even up to half my kingdom. That was the response. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You have free access into the throne room of God. You can go up before the Father and petition him. But Esther had something. Esther had authority with the king. And she had authority because she was obedient and because she was holy. If you want authority with the king, we have to be holy and we have to be obedient. Yeah? That's where it comes from. So we all want things. We all want our for change. We want healthy change. We want men to come in. We want people to be healed. We all want all of those things. And we keep asking and asking and asking. But we haven't got authority. We haven't got authority. Because authority comes when we're holy and when we're obedient. When we say, all right, your will, not mine, be done. When that Christ, looks nice, has been so worked into me that I can say, not my will but your will be done. In my life, I will do your will. Then you have authority with God. So do you want to change Ammonford? Do you want to change the world? Do you want to change your family? Do you want men to come in? I mean, and I shared a while back about praying for men in a previous church, you know, where we were 14 women and only three men. And we had to seriously take praying for men. And the tide did turn. In the end, we had more men than women come in. So there is hope. There is hope. But you know, I'm not a film buff. But one of my favourite films, and I love the trilogy, is The Lord of the Rings. I love The Lord of the Rings. I watch it all the time. 
And I love the part that the return of the king is my favourite. And I love the part when Elrond comes, the Lord Elrond comes to Aragon. Oh, dear me, we all need an Aragon, don't we, girls? And he says, the church needs an Aragon, let me tell you. But when he comes to him and he says, put away the ranger, when he gives him the sword that was broken and that now been renewed, put away the ranger and become who you were born to be. And that's what I'd like to tell you all. Let's put away the ranger. Let's become who we were born to be. Chosen of God. With authority. Because we have decided that we will be a holy people unto God. And obedient to what he says. And then, you see, when he goes into that mountain, isn't it? And he gets the ghosts there. And he shows him the sword. He says, I am Isildur's there. And he says... The line was broken. It has been renewed. The line was broken in Adam. It has been renewed in you and me. We are renewed. The line that was broken has been renewed. And now I can stand, as what the Bible tells me, and ask in Christ's name for that, for whatever. Whatever you ask, in my name, there's the key. In my name, I will give it to you. That's what God says to us. So you can be chosen. You can be holy. You can be obedient. And you can have authority with God. But it's going to take some time maybe. But it's going to take a lot of will. But as Philippians says, God is in you. Willing you to do what he wants you to do. And then giving you the enablement to do it. How fantastic is God? Salvation is of the Lord from beginning to end. You can't look for him. He looks for you. You can't choose him, he chooses you. You can't make yourself holy, he does it within you. And he makes you obedient to his word. You have to want it. And so if, if we want it, we can have authority. That's the word, authority. We all speak about wanting, we all speak about praying, we all speak about needing. We need the authority of God in our lives because we have chosen to become what God wants us to be. So... Put away the ranger. Become who you were born to be. The man of God with authority in that prayer room to bring down the blessings of heaven onto this earth below. In Jesus' name. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59